So actually, while while we're talking about this, before I forget, with the staking and bonding, because we wanted to implement this feature, because my development team is just full of geniuses, they actually said, we don't want to fork neither Wonderland nor Olympus. We'll do the exact same mechanics as them, but we'll build it from ground up. I was like, you're building you... it from scratch? We already did. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which, because it's not that we, we wanted to, it's because we had to. So my developers, they opened the, the code and they said, after two days, they said, half the code doesn't work. The other half doesn't make sense. This is part of the garbage. I'm sorry. Wow. This, this is the quote they said. So we rewrote it completely. It's super efficient now, super readable. Even I understand it. I don't know how to code, but I understand. <laughs> wow. That would seemingly be a huge job, but you really must have some powerhouse developers on this. Yeah. So I don't know when this comes out, but I think by the time this comes out, our test net will be live. So we'll see how it goes and people will see the code. And I think people will appreciate what effort we put into it and, and how actually solid the team is behind our, our project. So now everyone will be forking uh, divine creatures. Welcome to Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel where we explore projects in decentralized finance that are innovating and driving our mission of financial freedom forward. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review Mission DeFi and spread the word by posting a tweet to the show. All opinions expressed by Brad Nicolora's guests are their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Black Knox, Material Indicators, or any other affiliated organizations. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brad Nicolora's guests as an inducement to make a particular investment, follow a particular strategy, or become involved with any project. A project being featured on the show is not an endorsement of that project in any way. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Now, here's Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel. Okay, I'm excited today to have Lord Brahma from Divine Creatures. What's that? Hello. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> I uh, thought you said yeah. no. I was like, what did I do wrong? Wait, wait. All right, let's start again. <laughs> you can keep it in. All right. So I've got Lord Brahma from Divine Creatures. And hello. say hello to everybody, man. Hi, guys. Pleasure to be here. I, I, this looks like a, a very cool project and I'm looking forward to learning more about it, how it functions and what it is and whatever else you're up to in the ecosystem. It sounds like you have a really powerful team. So we'll talk about that as well. But first, could you introduce yourself? Give us a little bit of your, your background that you're comfortable with disclosing and tell us how you ended up in the crypto world. And then we'll, we'll segue that from there into the project and how it came about. Of course. Well, as you can tell from my voice, I'm relatively young. So the first time I heard about crypto, I was actually 2012, I think. I was a teenager at the time and my older brother came into the room. He was like, have you ever heard of Bitcoin? I was like, what is that? He's like, it's digital money. You can mine it. 
and we tried to get our hands on some miners, uh, mining equipment. Uh, we couldn't. So that was the end of it until 2019. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I had bought it early on, but I'll be honest, I, I did not touch it then. And yeah, so in 2019, some of my friends who were in traditional finance along with me, I wasn't in finance per se, I was in management consulting. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. But we're still working with M&A, like mergers and acquisitions. Sure. And yeah, so one of my friends from the traditional finance world, he showed me something about crypto. I was like, yeah, yeah, I heard of it. I wasn't very monitoring it very close. He's like, wait, but have, have you seen DeFi? And have you seen NFTs? And we just started looking at it. We're like, what is this? This is insane. This is so big. And for about a year and a half, I was investing, um, monitoring everything that's happening, all the new blockchains, all the new DeFi protocols, farms, own forks, everything until uh, I realized actually, I think it's not just about investing into it. I think you can build here quite well. Well, not easily, but easier than the real world. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. start to realize how empowering it is, right? And the fact that anybody can do whatever they want. Yeah. It's just literally a team of three, a couple of coders, and you can make like, and you can build a community of tens of thousands of people around you. Yeah. Like go, go ahead and convince the normal retail company to, that you can do that in three weeks. Forget it. Forget it. And get people within a community to help you, right? I mean, that's yeah, the amazing exactly. thing, you know, that people will galvanize around it. The incentives are aligned and they're actually going to help create value in the world. And that's, yeah, to is, me, incredible. Is. What also struck me, and we'll probably talk about it a bit more, is the culture. Like what, what, what you're kind of hinting at it. Some just people are so helpful. It's also a very unique collection of ideas and how people communicate, what they value. Because of the whole anonymity and kind of like freedom to express yourself in any way you want. Right. Right. You can be a frog, you can be a god, you can be, or you can be yourself like, like you are right now, Brad. Right. And it's, like, it's completely open to any, and, and it's a meritocracy. Yeah, it is. And so it's just a matter of proving that you're willing to work hard and that you're going to learn what you need to learn or apply the experience you already have. That's the beauty of it to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a little bit more background about my team. Uh, yeah. So people come from traditional finance, most of them, but they are coders from there and they're actually very experienced. They've sort of helped funds build their trading sort of integration with the crypto or with like different kind of brokerage systems, like all really all sorts of things. And they have built DeFi protocols before, but sort of they were contractors. I took them in as part of the team. They win as much as I do. That was the idea. Yeah. So we, we all equal within our team. That's great, man. How, so these guys were already sold on crypto. It wasn't a matter of you having to convince a couple of developers from outside of crypto and traditional mm -hmm. finance to come in and do it. They, they were already on board. No, no, they, they were already experts in this. Nice. Uh, very nice. It was very easy to convince them. It was hard to find them though. Um, yeah. So I was, I spent a lot of time searching for, for these people, but I'm really ha happy I found them. And I think. We'll stick together for a long time. One of the, yeah, I mean, look, it's one of the most difficult things right now in crypto is, is uh, finding talent that can write solidity. So we have top talent for that. Nice. Very nice. That's awesome. So how, how did you, how did you come up with the idea and then tell us kind of what the idea is? I mean, what, how, how did you end up here? Right. So my, the, the, the divine creatures is an own fork, right? Fork of Olympus protocol. Nice. And I saw what how resilient it is, like how, I mean, 
granted, as the last week's events have showed us, it's largely community driven, but this again is doable in crypto space. Yep. It's a good protocol and can achieve a lot because it's a way to raise a big lump of money. Essentially, some people want to use it as a reserve currency. Some people use it as a fund to invest. And so it's, and in the meantime, even if you don't want to see the rewards at the end of it, you can still earn quite a good chunk of money from it right. if you participate in it and you can help build it along the way. What we saw is lacking uh, is some kind of actual integration with the culture aspect. So we thought, hey, they're just, they're creating an internet community around a very simple, well, simple in dynamics protocol, right? You stake, you want. Right. Functions, that's it. Right. But there wasn't sort of an oomph to it. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, yeah, something else that kind of captivates it, right? Like if they could build a community that strong as as strong as that community is around that, is there a way to make it even more impactful? Yeah, so we initially drew a roadmap that included lots and lots of things because we thought, oh my God, with if you raise enough money, you can essentially do whatever you want. The world is yours. Obviously, we wouldn't do it, just do it. We would take our vote for everything we decide to build, et cetera, but before we would have to sell our community on the idea, et cetera. We actually took a few ideas from the community. So one of the ideas actually initially came from the community was we would use this money to build a, a DEX for own folks, but so the events of last week showed that Wonderland is, is not a protocol we trust. We, the team, we, our divine creatures community, other communities as well, because we took a vote on it. So we, we're not implementing it. So the DEX was the idea to essentially farm other own forks. They win because they still get the fees and the treasury grows, our treasury grows from our fees, et cetera, all these things. Sure. Uh, we're moving away from that. Okay. And uh, the long-term plan was to build uh, some kind of multi-chain interface for this kind of protocol. So we'd launch in every chain and then we integrate them together. Wow. And you never moved away from it because of the community advice, right? Because we sort of, we're busy building things and we can sometimes admit what's happening in the market because crypto is also very fast moving. And the, the, like, once we saw that decided, okay, we'll just put everything that we had in our ideas forward. Right. We long-term roadmap will bring forward. So the, the, one of the things we're implementing that's different to gain community's trust is we're making an open treasury. And what does that mean? So usually when you bond, you sacrifice funds into the treasury that you then can only take out if the controlling parties actually allow you to, right? Right. If the DAO takes vote, et cetera. So we actually said, Hey, but, and then also, so some protocols have an automated system or like a system that's manual, but triggered in certain situations where, for example, there is a backing of the token sure. right. for people who are not familiar, right? You, there's a treasure that's been built up and essentially that's the backing. That's a, like kind of your pot of money that you keep and you can invest in it. You can put, you, like you can f- you farm using it on earn finance curve, open different positions like that. And you farm on it, so essentially you grow the backing that otherwise usually just sits in the liquidity. Right. So essentially the backing part like Ohm has and like, well, even Wonderland, that's the big debate, right? Among the community this last week was, does everybody just initiate the buyback and, and shut the whole thing down? Yeah. So, so some protocols have buybacks. Some of them are automatic. Some of them are manual. Right. Right. So we thought, well, buybacks, wh- why do buybacks? Like, it's just an extra necessary step. Why not have an open treasury instead? 
like why not let people exchange the the you, you have your format position in your wallet you have your your tokens right. right for example it's staked ETH or it's some kind of curve position whatever it is right you have that and you have you can calculate using oracles and display the value of it and you can essentially kind of calculate the back, you know, like pseudo price of your token from it. And you also have the liquidity price and the user can just look at both and see which one is higher. And if they, for example, decide to exit, they can just swap from the treasury directly. Wow. So it's so, kind of like a rage quit function in a DAO. Yeah, I mean, it's not a rage quit. It's just like, for example, there is somebody who dumped a lot, like somebody who earned, who bought enough when it was a dip and now it's higher. And then they dumped and the price is now even lower. Right. So, and you decide actually, I might want to exit as well for whatever reasons you need your money, you're taking profits, perfectly understandable. Why not just, why not implement that function? You see that the trading price is, I don't know, let's say $3 for edges. And you see that betting price is $4 or well, equivalent of it. Right. So we, you can exchange it. Of course, it's not going to be exactly $4. We're taking a small premium by allowing this function to exist. And sure. we want some treasury to be there in the, like at all times, but then you can exchange it, for example, for 3.5 or $3.75. dollars so That's a lot better than three. Sure. And, and you know, everybody wins and you still yeah. have some treasury. And you reduce the down pressure, the sell pressure on the token itself, because it's not yeah, being exactly. sold on the market. It's just a swap in, in the protocol. Yeah. That's really yeah. smart. Yeah. So it's full disclosure. It's not going to be live at launch, but this feature will be implemented within the first couple of weeks. So, and you know, it's one of those things we thought we want communities trust. So we implemented this, we took a DAO vote in it, hundred percent of the votes nice. sub so submit, they said yes. Also just to clarify our DAO votes, not tokens at the moment, they, because there's no token, they're sure. NFT holders that I'm showing here. Nice. This is the big, um, thing I think that we did different to everybody else is that we implemented NFT staking and bonding boosts. So if you bought an NFT, so we're launching via NFT auction, we're raising money by selling these beautiful gods, these beautiful gods. So we're selling them and the money raised from it will allow us to well, launch, but the people who bought it, they get so many benefits. First of all, they get a staking and bonding boosts in our protocol. Nice. So we have three tiers of gods. So for example, the top tier is God tier. It gives you 5% staking and 5% bonding boost. Wow. Uh, yeah. We have a uh, next tier, which is called deity tier. It's called, it gives you 2.5% staking, 5% bonding boost. <clears throat> and what that allows is essentially, yeah, you, you, and you can stack them. So if you buy two of these, you get 10% bonding and 7.5 staking. It's maxed to 25%. And then we also have the third tier, Demigod. Here's one of them. It's 2.5% bonding boost. This uh, is a great concept. So people can buy in, essentially, you know, provide funds for you all to get the thing off the ground. And when everything launches, they, because they hold the NFT, get a uh, boost in what they earn from the protocol. Yeah, exactly. So that's one benefit that it gives you. The second benefit is the allocation of pre-sale. So once you bought the NFT, you have the right to buy our token, the pre-sale at $1 price. We'll be launching if there's like, it's a bit binary. 
if we launch, we know the exact price we'll launch at. Right. If we don't launch, we'll distribute back all the funds. We'll, we'll, we'll launch. <laughs> I'm confident. <laughs> I'm confident we will. But putting too much work in at this point, not to launch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we know the exact price we'll launch at. It's about it, at least two and a half. So you'll make your money back and more because also the, the allocation size is a lot bigger than the, um, NFT price. It's like, I have a table somewhere. I'll show you in a second. You use, use, you, you send a lot more than what you spend on the NFT. So that amplifies the returns and the total return on investment is positive. Um, so that's one, that's the second thing, but there's a third thing. And the third thing is it's a lottery and there is a lottery between all NFT holders within each tier and 10% of NFT ho of people who bought the NFT actually get the presale for free. The token get an allocation without paying for it. Say again. They get an allocation without paying for it. Yep. Well, they bought the NFT, and that's enough. And ten percent of users, that will happen happen to them. That's amazing. Yeah. Then the, there's three other categories. So at the base level, nothing will happen, in the sense that you still get your boosts, you still get your allocation at one dollar price of 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 the in the amount bigger than the price of the NFT. So at the base level, you're still in a very good position. Right. So best case scenario, that's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario, you get the allocation for free. The other two scenarios is you either get 50% increase of the allocation size or you get 25% increase of the allocation size. Yeah. So, so it makes sense. That, so the investment in the NFT, um, besides getting some cool art, is that you're, you're really getting incredible benefits, incentives that go along with it to to make it worth it, the initial purchase. Yep. yep 100%. 100%. That, yeah. I'll, I... Maybe a little bit later, I'll show you the table with all these uh, numbers. It's just, it, I think it confuses people. So I tried to tell them three things, staking, bonding boosts, allocation, possibly, and there's a possibility allocation becomes free. Yeah, that's perfect. Keep it simple. Keep it clean. Make sure they understand what they're getting and not have it be too complex. That's great. So. You had already built a community around, did you kind of build the community around the original concept of being a DEX for, for own forks? And then everyone said, okay, wait, let's vote. We're not doing that. Is it now kind of, you're at a stage of, okay, we have this really cool model for our raise and how we're doing it and how we're creating our treasury. Now the community's working together to figure out where you're going to take that, those funds. Yeah, pretty much. So that's, that's what's happening. So another thing that we did is because own forks appear so short-lived, people don't want to invest in them because they don't know how it's going, how long it's going to run for. Right. Well, even, even if the runtime appears as 215 days, they don't know what's going to be the actual number of these. What will be the reality. Yeah. 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 So we, this, the second vote we took on is how long is our protocol going to run for? And we decided we're going to do it this way. We'll run for 90 days. After 90 days, we take a vote and we run again. Every 90 days, we, we take a vote whether we want to run or we don't want to run. That's interesting. So it's just, you know, you, you, if you invest, you invest for three months. And then at the end, you'll also be a voice that says, hey, let's continue or hey, let's not. And we'll just be the ones that we invest. Is and continue mean continue the entire project or continue means just stopping emissions from the protocol and then we're doing something else? Stopping the emissions okay. and reaching the treasury. That's what it means after 90 days. Or... If we don't, we just, uh, you know, update the runtime on the protocol and the code and we continue for 90 more days. That's amazing. Yeah. And how did people respond to that? I mean, are they like, yeah, this is brilliant. So okay. with the, 
with the, uh, so pivot towards open treasury was a hundred percent vote. Nice. With, <laughs> I'm with, shocked. Yeah. <laughs> with the 90%, with the 90 day runtime, it was something like 95% vote. <laughs> sure. And look, both of these things make absolute complete sense, right? And it's the spirit of community and DAOs that it should be. It's giving, it's empowering, right? I mean, you as a founder in the team, you're guiding. That's, that's what you have to do. You have to kind of guide it strategically. But at the end of the day, if you're engaging the community on like these major decisions, it, it makes complete sense and they'll be even more enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We, we, you like, you know, you have to adapt to survive. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. From a, from a strategic perspective, do you, where, where do you think, where do you think it's going to go from here besides kind of the emissions process and the NFTs and the tokens and all the cool models you have, do you think you guys are going to build a project on top of, of what you've built here? Or do you think this is going to be something where it's kind of like, let's see where it goes and we'll, we'll determine what we invest our time and money in later. Yeah, so that's uh, the big announcement I have for you today is that we are launching the Alliance Accelerator. The Alliance, and uh, you're part of it, is we are building an accelerator for projects that focus on Define NFT. So we'll be using a very small share of the treasury as funds for it. We'll also be using the resources of all the projects that have joined the Alliance to help build projects that focus on the merger of the DeFi and NFTs. So, because I think that's the often overlooked, often very most interesting, most creative protocols. And the ones that I'm always saddest about not being successful is the ones that combine the two big pillars that crypto stands on, at least crypto since 2019 up until now stands on. Right. So we are using our strategic guidance and our funds to kickstart and help strategize, help build marketing campaigns, help ensure the code is good. All these things help network with potentially more investors and gather the community around new cool projects that we believe in ourselves. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. And that's the idea. We have uh, us there. We have you. We have uh, Rick Crosschain from HoneyDAO. We have, we are partnered with CreatorDAO. We have partnered with Scarab Finance, and there's actually several big projects who are still debating joining. We're very, very keen. I just, we're waiting on confirmations and we're very excited on this. This sounds amazing. I'm excited and I, obviously I'm honored to be, to be asked to be a part of it because I, I think it makes a ton of sense. It's funny. I, um, I just finished interviewing a project that, that combined uh, the episodes out today that combines a lot of functionality of a hybrid NFT model. So I, and, and. I, I was just telling my partner that I've, I really fell in love with the project I, because I liked the art, but I really liked the, me the mechanisms built into the protocol that align and create a circle of investment. And so from my perspective, you guys taking this approach of how do we, how do we make sure that we encourage DeFi and NFT together is a big hole in the market. And so I think it makes yeah. a ton yeah. of sense to go after it. And you know, like full disclosure, I've been inspired by some protocols that have the exact same mechanics as us. Well, very similar mechanics as us. Sure. So one of them is QuidDAO, which actually recently got dissolved. Yeah. They stopped emissions and distributed the funds. So the, the auction idea came from them. Right. Uh, they have beautiful art, but I thought it's a bit strange. You know, you have the, you have the NFT that costs you, I don't know, two, 300 ETH. And what do you do with it? You, you can vote. 
I mean, come on, let's yeah. do something better than that. This is why yep. I'm this feature. Well, uh, it's funny because I, I'm sitting here working on a project with, with my, one of my partners and one of the models that we're building into the project is membership is the NFT, but tied to the NFT and able to, and is, is a revenue stream and it's relative to, to the NFTs. And then there are other mechanisms around it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the beauty of DeFi is, is that so many of these ideas evolve from the experiments of the previous projects, right? I mean, that's, that's how we make everything better. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, there's, there's so many projects like that who are finally realizing that this is, this is, this is where the market should go. You should use your NFTs for something. Yep. Um, and uh, we're excited about this. So actually while, while we're talking about this, before I forget with the staking and bonding, because we wanted to implement this feature, uh, because my development team is just full of geniuses, IQ, <laughs> they actually said, we don't want to fork neither Wonderland nor Olympus. We'll do the exact same mechanics as them, but we'll build it from ground up. I was like, you're hey, building it from scratch. We already did. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we, because it's not that we, we wanted to, it's because we had to. So my developers, they opened the, the code and they said, after two days, they said, half the code doesn't work. The other half doesn't make sense. This is part of garbage. I'm sorry. Wow. This, this is the quote they said. So we rewrote it completely. It's super efficient now, super readable. Even I understand it. I don't know how to code, but I understand. <laughs> wow. That would seemingly be a huge job, but you really must have some powerhouse developers on this. Yeah. So I don't know when this comes out, but I think by the time this comes out, our test net will be live. So we'll see how it goes and people will see the code. And I think people will appreciate what effort we put into it and, and how actually solid the team is behind our, our project. So now everyone will be forking uh, divine creatures. Yeah, that's exactly what my, my head developer said. He's like, after this, we will be forked. No, no, not Olympus, not involved. We actually even wrote several like quite long Twitter posts saying, "Hey, these are all the problems we identified. Can you, can Wonderland Olympus? Can you please go ahead and solve them?" We got no reaction from them. I'm not doing doubt of harm or maliciousness. We are an open community. We want to build things better. I want the users and the community around Wonderland and Olympus. Well. Community Wonderland is now gone, but the community around Olympus to have the best experience of the protocol that the Olympus built, they can have. And it just so happened, we were the people who, who, who realized how to do that. And we're telling them, Hey, use this. Like, we don't mind. We don't, I, we, we're not asking you to pay us. We're not yeah. asking you to reference anything. Just, just look at this and copy this. We'll benefit from it. So it functions similar to how Olympus does now, but does it also able to then take in kind of the other mechanics that you're bringing in with the NFTs? Is it, is yeah, it all yeah. part of the system? That's yeah, fantastic. and and, and uh, you you can you can remove those if you if you copy the code. That's yeah, but that's I mean I think I think the obvious thing for most people will be let's not right, and then for the Alliance Accelerator, now you have a platform that these other projects that you're investing money and time and energy, or we're investing money and time and energy in to potentially utilize to bootstrap themselves. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, and with, it's, it's, you know, for the, for this accelerate, it's not just about the money. Like obviously the, our community, the people who invest in us, they will benefit from this accelerate, right? We'll be investing right. in projects. We'll be building them. We'll be exiting from them. So getting profits, putting back into the treasury and using that as uh, the backing for the tokens to build, and the treasury will grow. And you know, the, the VC slash accelerator model usually gives you higher returns than 
uh, long term gives you higher returns sometimes than simple farming. Yeah, unless you're in the bull market for crypto, and then you know, well, then everybody makes money. Then uh, yeah, then everything can happen. <laughs> then the hamster will makes money. Uh, <laughs> That's no, definitely. So so at the end of the day, the the people who are members who are investors in divine creatures, what, there's a potential return from them on these investments that the that the DAO will be making via the Alliance Creator and and anything else that you guys build on top of that. Yep. We're not risking the entire treasury for the Alliance. We're, we're, we're risking a very small percentage of it. Right. Um, with, we still have to take the votes from the DAO to ensure that our DAO is happy with it. But I mean, come on, who wouldn't be? Right. I'm very yeah, of course. It'll be another 100% vote. Of, absolutely. What, how much longer, I mean, is there a time limit for, for joining and, and, and acquiring an NFT and being part of the DAO? Are you guys going to keep it just kind of open so people can come in at any time and, and join? What's the, what's the model there? So no, the auction will close. The auction will close 8th of February. Yeah. So it's been uh, live for a week. We sold 129 NFTs. Nice. Yeah. And we, we hope there, we will, we're putting not all of them. We we're putting more and more uh, every day. So every day you can see new art. If you click like on finished. Oh, nice. You can see the old ones. People like them. I, I like them. <laughs> So uh, let me talk a little bit about the NFTs as well. I was about to ask you, what, who's, who's the artist or how did you find the artist and how did so it get the created? Also an anonymous. It's her first NFT project. She's nice. a visual designer who lives in the middle of Siberia. I love these stories. I, I love these artists who are being she's brought a, in. She's a student. She's still a student working as visual designer by night. Nice. Um, and she's she, in Siberia? Yes, she is. Wow. She's... She's an incredible artist. We found her online. It's her first. So we were looking, you know, crypto is about empowering people. And, you know, I was looking at the rate of the people who were like making NFT art. And I was like, you know, like it makes sense that it costs this much money, but they're no better than, than, you know, like a person who goes to an art school in, in, a, in so, somewhere deep nowhere. Right. Uh, let, let's go find that deep nowhere and let's that. find the, the best artist we can there. And we did. And, um, we ordered 750 NFTs from her. She, we, our order was three weeks long. We told, yeah, we asked for three weeks to be completed. She said, sure. And then she completed this in two. 750 of these works of art in two weeks. Yes. Hand drawn. <laughs> Holy crap. She's amazing. She is, we. She's, she's not keen on, on, on joining the space yet. I think our success of this protocol will convince her otherwise. Nice. Yeah, I think so as well. It's funny. I, I advise a project, which is a, a randomized NFT distribution system based on Japanese gachapon machines. And when the project was first launching the machine, the nice thing about the machines is people uh, love to spin them and it's like, uh, it's like a game and they. They found this chibi artist who was doing one-off pieces of art, right? So people would pay her like 50 bucks, a hundred bucks for one of these chibis, right? But she had never made more than a few hundred bucks a week with her art. Like never, like nothing. In an hour and a half, the machine sold out and she cleared $85,000. That's amazing. I just love stories like that. You know, I do too, man. It makes me so excited to see artists getting the freedom that this provides. You give artists the freedom to create stuff because they don't have to worry about paying rent or eating. The world's going to be a better place. 
I agree. I 100% agree. So let me tell you a little bit about why we did these particular NFTs and how we picked our theme. Thematic. Yeah, great. And I think that relates back to what you were just talking about. It's going to be a long lecture. Um, I hate this lecture, but I remind them. (laughs) But I remind them every now and again why we're doing this. Okay. Remember early in our conversation, we talked about how crypto is a unique culture and it's fantastic. So the, have you ever heard of postmodernism? Sure. Yeah. So right now, a lot of artists, philosophers, they believe we're entering a new phase. Slightly accelerated by the pandemic. I don't know how, but apparently it is. And it's called metamodernism, where we are transcending postmodernism. I don't know. Philosophers love the word transcendence. We're transcending to metamodernism, where we're going back to the roots of of spirituality and beliefs and what people used to have, at least on a cultural belief level. So we, that's what we want to emanate. We want to emanate this, the, the preservation of what people had believed in for thousands of years, right? We have Hindus here. We have ancient uh, Greek, ancient Egyptian art, ancient Japanese gods. We have Slavic gods. All of these beliefs have held, been held for thousands of years. They have been preserved. And crypto is the culture of now and the culture of future. So I think the culture of future should be contributing towards preserving and restoring the cultures of now and the cultures of past. Nice. So this is why about 10%, yeah, 10% of everything we raise through this pre-sale auction will be going towards the Global Heritage Fund. They do amazing work. They restore. So you, you know, those beautiful temples in Nepal, absolutely unique, created by a very small country, by a very small population of people. So Nepal being where it is up in the Himalayas, it has lots of earthquakes and every now and again, they get damaged, unfortunately, but those are unique temples where actually Buddhism, one of the biggest religions in the world was created. And also they have a very, very strong Hindu movement. And the Global Heritage Fund helped restore it. Global Heritage Fund helped find actually the, the, the sponsoring ex- expedition in somewhere in the middle of South America, uh, where they actually discovered a lost temple surrounded by a lost city that was used by Incas thousands of years ago. And you know they do all these amazing work. So we wanna we wanna contribute to that. So that's this a, is that's this a is great part of this. And this is why we also do the accelerator. We wanna. You know, we want to accelerate the future, help the past while also being in the moment, being in the now. I love that. I've got to check out the Global Heritage Fund. That just sounds like yeah. an awesome. You know what's best about that? They accept the nations directly in crypto. Oh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> even better. Well, this the insights you gave us kind of with this metamodernism, I, I can definitely see how culturally we're we're headed in that direction. There's so much pent up frustration, I think globally that I think that's what people do, right? They start to kind of like seek, look inward, think more about these kinds of things. And so it's cool that you guys have made it like embrace that whole concept. Yeah, we, we're trying to, we're trying to. So the auction ends for these on February 8th. Yep. And then after that, you're going to start working in the accelerator and you're going to work with the community for further kind of growth or purpose. Do you envision at all that, that some of the projects that the accelerator may work on might actually come from members of the DAO and the community that have ideas around the protocol you've developed? 
I hope so. I mean, Alchemy had lots of ideas. I've read every single one of them. Nice. I love them. I talked to many of the people from our community. You know, like a person posts one or two sentences, I read it and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to DM that person. Like, that sounds really interesting. It sounds like this guy has full ideas. And we chat, you know, so then we get on a call, find out more about them. I found out more about what the motivation behind joining our community was. You know, sometimes they become a moderator, sometimes they become an advisor to the team. Sometimes they're just, they, they're just there. They, they, they don't want to do any of that. They were just like, I have an idea. Right. But, you know, I want to, I want to help empower people. And these people who have lots of ideas, I hope they realize they can implement them. And, you know, I want to provide them the tools with it. Well, now you'll be able to, you'll be able to empower yeah. people with good ideas. I think that's, I love that purpose. I, I, it's actually interesting that you started off with a very specific purpose, this Ohm and Ohm clone DAX. And the evolution of it is, is that you're actually turning into something that will grow more things in the ecosystem. And I love that the community's kind of advocated all along for, for making those decisions, right? Where in other instances, you may have had a community that said, well, wait a minute, that's, we were going to do a DEX and I'm angry, blah, 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 blah. But it sounds like the other thing I've been noticing, I think our communities are becoming a little more reality-based instead of fanciful or expecting, you know, a bull market forever. I think that this bear market actually is, is always a good thing that can happen for DeFi and NFTs in general is that it makes everyone like touch reality a little more and be a little more sensible about how they approach things. And, and I think it, you know, it's all project. Not just the users, it's also the protocols, you know? Yeah. The, the protocols no longer try to be like bubbles, right? Yep. A bubble cannot be born in a bear market. Yeah. It's uh, the, the protocols, they, they start thinking more carefully about their tokenomics, about their community, about how they're going to implement things. They make sure it's more robust and yep. it's, uh, the best projects are born in the bear market, you know, yep. like other Uniswap, like those, like the DeFi pioneers, like, yep. they, they weren't born when, when Bitcoin was skyrocketing. They weren't born when, when nothing was happening. Exactly. Well, and it's similar to even like, if you go all the way back to .com, the, the, the ones that trudged through and actually build and built and invested money to grow during the mm -hmm. down market were the Amazons, right? Those are the, those are the ones that that fortified themselves and, and made it through because they, they realized what they had to do to survive a bad time and they implemented it further for the future. I mean, we'll have more crazy bull markets and bubbles. It's just money. That's what happens. But the more layers of people who have been through this, that we build and the foundations of DeFi and, and the NFT world, the, the longer, the stronger we'll be. So I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, I absolutely. All right. So is there anything else we should know about the project or the team or anything else um, before I get to my last question that I always no, ask everybody? So some people, they have the obvious questions of like KYC, protocol audit. So I'll talk a little bit about this. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, look. Also, it's a good advice that I give people that they don't often realize. And the advice I give is forget about a tick mark about KYC or rug doc review. Like I'm not trying to alienate the people who do this work, who do the review doc. Right. But ultimately it means nothing. All it means is that the team paid the money for their code to be reviewed. There still can be, you can still hide a lot of things in the code yep. that these things overlook. I personally have been monitoring. I want to pull like gather some statistics, but it's hard on these things is I think I've, the, I've seen more projects that turned out to be rug pools who have the KYC slash rug doc review 
yep. mark than the ones that are not not reviewed and are not rug pulls. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the, if you if you don't have a mark, it does it, it it it's not a bad thing. If you do, it's also not a good thing. Uh, <laughs> so what what you, what people should be looking at is the multi signature wallets, and we have two people on our multi sig who control all the money that goes from the auction. And it's the leader, I think he's anonymous. So I'm not going to say his name. It's the leader of Spirit Swap. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love that team. I mean, yeah, I love They're amazing. They built oh, yeah. so well. I freaking love that team. Yeah. Yeah. So their lead is on, on Multisig. And then another person who is from in on-chain VC called County Capital. So Crypto the Twiler is his tag in Twitter. That's like the rock star up, you know, blowing up uh, venture capital group. Yeah, they're 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 really good fun. I love them. I love yeah. Um <laughs> His videos are so funny on Twitter. Just go out and check it out. No, he's absolutely awesome. He's yeah, freaking hilarious. I think so, his wife is over it, but he's very funny. Yeah, yeah. So he's they're not invested in us, uh, but they are normal to say well, we just sort of know them as nice and stuff. Uh, <clears throat> so I think. I think that gains more trust than any kind of tick market. Ultimately, your investment, your participation at, with other protocols in building the community is a long-term play. I talk through it because, you know, it's, it's an advice to people because I don't think people realize it. The best coders are the coders that build, not the coders that review do documents. <laughs> That's true. No, like, you know, when you're building something truly at the edge of things, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a very expensive, like doc review, which will like, I don't know, like if you play, play, like if you pay for doc review, they're just like your, your marketing budget goes just by 10 X. Yeah. Like it's yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah. the, these companies, they, they charge so much money, like, and it's not a true guarantee of safety, especially if it's something completely new. And, and especially if, if the attacks are primarily exploitive rather than hacks. Right? Exactly. Because modeling out. From an, uh, this is one of the things I've said a lot, being able to model out exploits, uh, especially as it relates to inner protocol actions and all the other underlying things that could happen in the blockchain is next to impossible. I mean, we're talking about like machine learning and artificial intelligence of a, of a scale that hasn't been done yet to be able to hit all the possible scenarios and ways that something can be manipulated. So I, I think it makes it incredibly difficult for those folks to be able to actually provide a great deal of assurance. Yeah, I agree. So we, we provided as much as we could. So I think, I think our community trusts us now. Uh, it's just sort of information I think worth hearing. If you're hearing about us or like, you know, projects about like for the first time, you know, because unfortunately scams do happen in this space. Sure. Uh, and not, not just hacks, right? Where like, I don't know, crypto.com just hacked and like with somebody withdraws money. It's not like a malicious stack. It's a malicious building of the project with that purpose only. And it's unfortunate that it happens, but it does happen sometimes. Yeah. Well, look, we're building the plane while we're flying it. So <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what DeFi and NFTs are, man. That's what we're doing. We're, you know, that's part of the risk profile for, for people that are participating in this. And it's just going to be the nature of the beast. But the beauty of it is, is that we are all working to solve the problems while we're flying the plane at the same time. Right. Because if you had a, if you had a massive hack or a massive failure of a financial um, institution in traditional finance, 
you know, you're looking at two years of congressional hearings before anybody actually says anything or does anything about it. When it happens here, within like three hours, you've got experts from all facets of this industry working to like figure out ways to solve problems or to fix hacks or to do yep. whatever, you know, <laughs> and that, that's a, that's a massive advantage on our side. Massive. Just, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. So I think in Estonia, I think it was Estonia. I might be wrong. I'm a, I'm Sicily, I apologize Cecilia if I'm wrong, but I think in Estonia, <laughs> the government published their, the budget to digitalize the, the whole bureaucracy of a particular department. I don't remember which one. And essentially one of the, the you know, you, you could really look down in every detail of the budget and there was like something they were like willing to pay like half a million US or Euro for building a website. <laughs> the Estonians were incredible. Well, the Estonians went, what? Yeah. They took 24 hours. They built the most amazing website, gave it to the government for free and said, please don't waste our money. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this, you know, this is like one and off case in the real world. In yeah. the pot, it happens every day, everywhere. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. It happens every day here and it, and it's, it's our superpower. So it's absolutely amazing. I have a question I ask everybody that attends the show. And yep. the question is this, in crypto, DeFi and NFTs, what person or project inspires you or that you think is critical or the most innovative in the space or that you just really admire? Is there a, a person or project that, that fits that for you? Oh, project. Well, I have to pay my respects to Olympus as a project. Sure. But as a person, I mean, Olympus, I have to give them credit. They are very innovative. They continue to innovate. They build lots of stuff. They're very successful. So I may criticize their code, but that's not the only aspect of the pro of a project being successful. That's right. Yeah. And you know, like I say, I'm critical of it. Like they were building it from scratch. They had an idea and it makes sense that the code is rubbish. Like by the time it's, it, what doesn't make sense to me is that every copycat code is that rubbish as well. well what we're doing is, Hey, look, Olympus, you build a good thing We here, have some improvements, like implement yeah. them. What don't like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying like, you know, it will, it will, it will benefit you, but they, they built so much. They built their accelerator, they, they, they built all incubator, they, they built like so many funds and like all the bonds marketplace. And I'm just, and all the liquidity as a service. And they like, I don't know how we have the time to do this. I can barely launch one thing. Yeah, that's all community. It's a, the, that community is absolutely amazing. I mean, it, it is incredible. The people building. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that's, a yeah. part I, I have to pay my respect. I mean, we came from, essentially from them. Yeah. And another, so the person who inspires me most, it's probably, it has to be Vitalik Buterin. Nice. I mean, I mean, sure. he, he created the fight, he creates smart contracts and therefore he created everything else that we, we're doing, right? Yep. No, no, no Vitalik, probably no DeFi, or at least not. Yeah, like, I mean, how old is he, like 26, 27? Yeah. No, like, it's incredible. Like the, the man just created the universe for, for billions of people. Yeah. I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to partner with you. I, I think, I think you're on an amazing path. I love the art. Tell the artist she's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you for partnering with us. I'm very excited for the future. Awesome.